My grandmother, back in uh, olden days when there were three networks, and uh, where we lived, you had to have cable to get all three. But uh, she got TV Guide, and TV Guide always had a a place in it where it said networks reserve the right to preempt programming at any time, which means they could change what you thought you were going to see. So since I'm up here, I'm going to preempt the programming. And uh, the reason why Shelley read from Matthew instead of from Amos is because... uh, I never could quite get right with, uh, with the sermon. And so uh, late last night, I realized what I, what I was feeling led to say. I need to give a little bit of preamble here. 21 years as pastor in Rome, and I think that I often spoke about politics. But I never spoke spoke about partisan issues. And people would come out the door and they would say, who do you vote for? And I would say, that's the point, isn't it? And some Sundays, they would feel that their toes were stepped on. They would say, you must vote for the other way. And then some Sundays, they felt like I stepped on the other toes. And they said, oh, no, you must vote with us. So I always feel like I've done a pretty good job of treading a fine line in this very um, difficult time in which we find ourselves. And the principles that I have always tried to uphold when I preach is one, that biblical principles and the lordship of Jesus Christ are over any, over and above any partisan politics. And if you truly believe scripture, if you believe what what we used to call the Roman road, anybody learned the Roman road when you were little? That was kind of the way that you picked through the book of Romans to be able to give the plan of salvation. And the first verse in the Roman road is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we truly believe that to be true, then that means that all of us have sinned. And if we have sinned, we all have the capacity to be wrong. And so therefore, while I believe what I believe as uh, strongly and as confidently as anybody believes what they believe, I do have to recognize that I am a sinner saved by grace and whatever I say needs to be tempered with grace. We read what the prophet says, where he says, my thoughts are not your, God says through the prophet, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And so I have to remember that just because I think it doesn't mean that that's exactly what God always is saying. Anytime one of us equates our thoughts as the sure and certain word of God, we end up with things like the Holocaust or the Spanish Inquisition. We always have to test. We always have to test to find out, is what I am believing truly God's way, or have I just convinced myself of that so that I can say what I want? Nothing in this life 
Nothing, nothing in this life escapes the judgment of God. And everything, everything in this life comes under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I've always tried to remember those things whenever I've spoke about political matters. So about four years ago, I was actually um, working in a church after retirement of another denomination. And because I wasn't, uh, I didn't have their ordination, I couldn't do things like administer communion. So they had to get somebody to help me so that we could share the duties and he could do the things that I couldn't do. And so there was a political event that took place, and uh, I was gone. Uh, I had been out of town. I was driving back on Sunday. And uh, as we say, my phone blew up on I-65 coming back up from Pensacola. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I cannot imagine what has happened. And there was a political event in which my partner in ministry for that church had prayed about it. And there were three or four people who were upset, saying he should never mention politics in the pulpit. He should be fired. I said, wait a minute. Did anybody say none of us could ever mention politics in the pulpit? Well, no, but we don't think he should. I said, so you're going to fire him for violating the principle nobody said anything about. And uh, so we had a long it was an interesting drive home. It went very fast with all these conversations going on. And uh, so finally they came to the place, well, no, we'll say it now. Neither of you can ever mention politics again. And I'm so, I just didn't think he said anything. I mean, he was praying. I just thought it was an honest and earnest prayer. And, uh, but they did start saying, our next pastor can never mention politics. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You cannot foresee a day when you think the only way to be faithful to Jesus Christ is to say something in a sermon that could be construed as political. You should never do that. I thought, wow, this is a mess. Because that means that the lordship of Jesus Christ is now subservient to something else. So what I want to do today is, uh, th- is take a moment. I think the way I can best serve this congregation today is to share with you just a couple of things about the future, your next pastor in a politically charged environment, and what preaching should be like. So I hope... And I pray that your next pastor will always have a high value on the gospel. The highest value. The reason Shelley read the passage that she did, the pearl of great price, I read a quote where someone said, we have invested in politics too much of the divine. We have made politics the pearl of great price, the thing for which we would sell everything 
the thing for which we would give up everything else in our life for the sake of. And the way I read, (laughs) I don't know about you, this isn't about politics. This is about the saving power of Jesus Christ expressed in the kingdom, as Matthew says, the kingdom of heaven. The only thing that can achieve forgiveness for our sins, the only thing that can rescue from the depths of the places that we find ourselves, and the only thing that can make us whole is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and the kingdom that he stands for is the pearl of great price. Nothing, nothing is higher than that. If we're going to forsake all, we forsake all for the sake of the kingdom of God, not for a political party. And so I hope that your next pastor, whoever it will be, will always hold up the cross of Christ as the highest and noblest thing any of us can aspire to or work toward. The second thing is I hope and pray that your next pastor has a shepherd's heart. I've seen too many people thunder about subjects such as this and leave people who have come to church with other burdens This was not on their mind. This was not the word they needed. They come to church and they go away feeling almost more burdened than ever before. There are times to thunder like a prophet, but if you sit in the pastor's seat, you recognize that you are pastor to all the people. You don't get to pick and choose. It's not like I can be pastor to the wealthy and not to the poor. I can be a pastor to the right and not to the left. You have to be pastor to all the people that God has entrusted to you. I was actually conducting a reference call for a potential candidate for you uh, this past week. And uh, the person I was talking to was a longtime friend. And he said, well, you know, when you've been sitting in the seat he was talking about the, the pastor's role. And I thought, I didn't know everybody else thought of it like that. But there are times where just where we sit on Sunday morning allows us to see people differently. You're looking at a lot of the back of the heads. We're looking at everybody's face. And when you sit in our seat and you realize who is here, you recognize your responsibility to shepherd all people. All people. I heard a story of a, this is a, probably a generation ago, but there was a, a, an older pastor who'd been in his church for decades. And in this particular church, they had uh, organ pipe chambers. So, you know, we, uh, you know, we've got the pipes exposed, but in some churches they have chambers that are back behind. And on Sunday morning, he would go into one of the pipe chambers, and there's kind of a mesh grill, and he had a stool, and he would watch people as they came into the sanctuary. And he would remember this person and that person and, oh, this need and that need. 
And he would often make slight adjustments to his sermon based on seeing the faces of the people as they came into the sanctuary. The primary focus was not the beautifully crafted sermon and the elegant prose that he had prepared, but the focus was on people. And that man had a shepherd's heart. And what I pray for you in the midst of all this partisan confusion is a pastor with the spiritual maturity to have a shepherd's heart and be pastor to everybody and not ask how you vote, not care what sign you have in your yard, but is your pastor and loves everybody equally. And the third thing is this. I pray that this will be a congregation that is different than the world. Do you realize how many places in this world have been divided and the relationship and the fellowship no longer exists because of politics? Every holiday I read somebody's column or a news story where people say, I'm not going back to my extended family for Thanksgiving. I mean, my brother-in-law couldn't get along with my brother-in-law to save my life. I tried to stay in the other room, and he tracked me down and found me, (laughs) chastised me for what I believe. I mean, we go all these places where, where people have to be so, so intense. They have to win, and they just have to tell you. And I, I, again, I believe with great conviction. I'm not saying don't have conviction. I don't expect everywhere in the country for everything to be peace and light. But I do think Christians ought to act like Christians. And in church, in church, we ought to look to the cross and everything else comes under the cross And surely there could be one place in society where there is something higher that we all uh, work toward than partisan politics. And I believe that can be the cross of Christ. That we're all working for the kingdom. We're working because people need salvation. Because people uh, have built their lives in such foolish and frivolous and unsatisfactory things, like the man who built his uh, house upon the sand. It's all going to erode. Surely we can work toward giving people a good foundation. And therefore, we can live as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, when Paul said, you know, in Christ there's no Greek nor barbarian, that's, that's a pretty significant Pretty significant ethnic divide. There's no male or female, no Greek or Jew. Surely we would not come to the day in which we live and say, ah, but there is Republican and Democrat. Surely we could all live under the principle that this is a place. And this is not just something for your pastor, but this is something, this is a partnership between congregation and pastor, to be the kind of place 
Not where we're going to let him say anything he wants to say, but we're going to be the kind of place where we're going to make it as possible as each of us can, as possible as each of us can, where we will always maintain fellowship. Was it Paul says in Romans, as much as it is up to you, as much as it is up to you, live in peace with everyone you can. And that is our charge. A little piece of this, a little square of this, a pew of this, a Sunday school class of this. There are places that are up to us to live at peace with one another. And so the admonition of Galatians, whatever you do in word and deed, do it all to the glory of God. Let us remember that because everything we do Everything we say is part of this world which will come under the judgment of God and all of which stands under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Oh God, I continue to pray for whomever you are preparing to come and lead this congregation. And I pray that you would help them always to espouse Christ first. I pray that this person would have a heart of a loving shepherd to love and care all people, for all people and all people equally. And may this congregation be a witness in the world that here are a people that despite differences, despite differences of opinions, still love one another and work together to achieve the good for the cause of Christ. Lead us to that person. We ask it in the name of our Lord Christ, your Son. Amen.